idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. Two colors. That's why I love you. So don't be afraid to let them show true colors. Are you doing this? Have we started? All right. Hello, humans of Earth. Welcome along to the worst idea of all time, episode six. Step right up. Step right up. Witness the mental and emotional destruction of two fully grown men from New Zealand. My name is Tim Bat. Step right up. Step right up. You want to watch two folks genuinely going out of their minds this week? You come to the right place, people. I'm Guy Montgomery. And that was one of the worst two hours and 26 minutes of my young life. You lost your mind through that viewing, guy. There's no getting around it. There's no sugarcoating it. You were up to some weird shit. And both of us are very scandally clad right now. So it just intensifies the kind of weirdness. You told of me during that movie that you thought I was capable of murder. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. said to me. You- I said if you got bored enough in your life. There was more an indictment on you than on, on you watching the movie, though, in that moment. Because you were just doing such wacky shit. Because you couldn't go on your phone. You couldn't go on, like, a Facebook. You couldn't go for a run. You couldn't leave the room or anything. I did 20 push-ups. You did do some push-ups. Um, but my point being, I think you're capable of murder if you got bored enough. Just to shake it up. I you think, would kill a man. I think that's woman. not fair. I think, I mean, I understand that if anyone was entitled to having an opinion on something like that, it would be you. You've seen me in, in, in positions. And Is that why that flippant comment hurt so bad? Because you've let me in, guy. Hurt so good. I've spent more time with you than anyone else. That really? Least your family, probably. Le- Least my family. Well, for the do... backlog of time I've spent with them. That's probably not true yet. Well, but if well, I have my wicked life. Yeah, your dr- dreams are free. If you do it over the last um, like year. Yeah. That's probably, I'd say you've yeah. spent more time with me than anyone else. So we hold the world record. Um, hey, look, Tim, for, for people, I mean, God knows how this would happen, but what say someone just so having to download this singular episode? Oh, okay. What's happened? Um, Guy and I embarked on starting a podcast a while ago where we were going to watch Grown Ups 2, an Adam Sandler movie. Eternity. Uh, initially, yeah. With an opening to date, just until we couldn't anymore. And then very early on in the piece, we decided that that wasn't really going to be a tangible, well, not tangible, it wasn't going to be a, a goer. Ain't it wasn't going to be bore. possible. So we put a cap on it and we said, we'll do it once a week for a year. And, and then we did. And then we got to the end. And then we decided to do it again for another year with, with six and the two. two. And do you know what, Tim? I cannot help but wonder what Lenny and the boys are up to. Lenny and Carl. I, I would, I would, no, 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 Lenny Fader. Oh, right. I would kill to spend an afternoon with Lenny, Lamonsov, Higgins, and Mackenzie. Yeah. I don't know what Bumpy's doing right now. Is he cutting a record deal? I mean, they they were, they weren't like, <laughs> they weren't the best people, but I think that they are of a higher moral fiber than the company that we have so chosen to keep. It's interesting that. They're more... They're more they're re- childlike. They're, they're more relatable. They're childlike because they're innocent, because they're, they're dummies. And, sex and the women of Sex and the City 2 are kind of like... They're, they're Sam- more evil because they're less dummies. Samantha is actively 
ignorant. I understand that you know she's she's going through uh, some some hormone stuff, and she's being deprived of, of her coping mechanisms in the hormones. Mm. Um, but sh- she's an insufferable piece of work. Why? Why do you say that? Because she's just like she gets given this dope ass free trip to Abu Dhabi to experience the new Middle East or whatever. Mm. Uh, and, and she takes it with with open hands. I don't think she ever really uh, shows enough gratitude or gratefulness to her hosts. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think she's 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 advantageous. She's taken advantage of the situation and bullied her for that. But at least you know, be 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 somewhat grateful, communicate that. And then she actively starts disrespecting the culture there. She's blowing shisha pipes like they're wangs. Yeah, she's fondling erections in an open air restaurant. Yeah. She then proceeds to get arrested for some sort of sex on a beach. Sex, sex on the beach. Want to have sex on the beach? Come on, everybody, tonight. Oh, eh, oh, eh. They got them. They got them. They got them. Oh, was that Venger Boys or someone else? Not Venger Boys. Yeah, it was someone else. But she gets arrested, mm. taken into a hotel room, and then like. Chewed out completely. Then she goes back upstairs to the the room, and is like demanding food immediately, and then is like taking it back and takes the calling reception to complain about it. It's like, what do you? I mean, what do you expect to happen? What do you expect to happen, lady? I don't know, Tim. I, to I'm, your first point of her not showing enough gratitude toward her hosts who have given her a twenty two thousand dollar a night room for free, and flown her like first, 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 first class. Yeah, that's true. And a shakes private um, airline. Uh, that's how she got to where she is today. You know, she played tough. She played ball. And sometimes that means not saying sorry. And sometimes it means not saying thank you as much as you should. Well, she's, she, but she's losing her grip as a, as a publicist. She's just got blind faith in Carrie's talent. She's not working hard enough. Carrie gets a bad review. Samantha doesn't front foot the situation. She just says, oh, don't worry. That person's a fuckwit. All the other reviews will be dope. That is not what a good publicist does. It's true, actually. Do you know what I would do if I was... Samantha Jones and that review came through I'd um, get a horse head and put it in the reviewer's bed when they were out you're going to say you'd roll up the, the copy of the New Yorker slap a prophylactic or sheath on it and just fud yourself silly because you're in the Middle East and I mean you re- you're really you're, you're really jonesing for something but you can't find it because of, of cultural norms over there that too yeah you could <laughs> pick one so you could do both you'd, you'd order you the, do both you'd not. order the horse head yes and then you'd fud yourself silly with a magazine yeah they're not mutually exclusive. One doesn't stop the other happening. I mean, I feel like we've entered a weird twilight zone where you're, you, Tim Bat, and the character of Samantha Jones, played by Kim Cattrall, have crossed over. <laughs> We're one and the same. Hey. I've seen what you do with magazines. You highlighted what your uh, um, um, shining light was this weekend. You know, it's I gone. can remember it. Oh, thank God. Um, the First of all, I'd like to preface this before I get to the shining light by saying that the uh, interdimensional time-traveling warlock that is the supposed Danish architect in this film, yeah, who's quite literally been roaming the desert for for centuries, millennia. He, his his non-corporal form can only be freed if someone can correctly guess what nationality he is. The origins of his accent. Yeah, and uh, let me tell you, this is a slippery freaking accent. And uh, obviously, well, I mean, hello, hello, ladies. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> My name Ricard. I travel in Land Rover. Why go to hotel when desert's so beautiful? 
I have been. I see you later. I have been wandering the plains of Abu Dhabi for many years, trying to be unlocked from this hellish dimension I have stumbled into. If you can please just correctly guess accent origins, I will be freed from this world and this galaxy and back home to Rome with my alien kin. Anyway, so we just have to... So that's all glossed over by the movie for whatever reason. They, they think there's not time to get into it. You've got 2 hours and 26 minutes. <laughs> you can definitely explore this thread. It's a fucking buttload more interesting than the garbage you're forcing down our esophagus. What a great spin-off that would be. So he... Uh, he he goes into the hotel and <laughs> Samantha makes a really crass joke about his name. What is it? Rickard Spurt. Yeah. And she's like, Richard Spurt. You're Dick Spurt or whatever. And he goes, could you be any more American? And then like, it's a rhetorical jokey question. And then he, before anyone can do anything, he doesn't miss a beat. And he goes, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, I don't know if it was an ad lib or what the situation was, but I really enjoyed it. He's cracking up at his own rhetorical answer. And we were just grabbing at this movie to enjoy anything. That, I mean, this was... This was a savage viewing. <laughs> savage. We made up... A, the so movie bore its teeth this Guy, week. Guy and I, uh, mainly Guy did the heavy lifting, came up with a alternative storyline where Carrie um, is of Native American Navajo heritage and she has a American bald eagle growing inside of her stomach, which will spring forth before the next moon and it has to come out through a vaginal birth and not through a C-section because if it comes out through a C-section, it will um, start a reign yeah. of terror. Inside your stomach is a, a powerful American eagle. So powerful if it, you can probably feel it clawing and pecking from within your womb right now. Which is weird because birds are born in eggs. That's what I didn't get about your narrative. Well, that's why the bird is so confused and angry. Yeah. It's found itself within a human womb. So who was the, who were the men charged with placating the spirit animal? Oh fuck no! There man. was a couple of the men who were charged with that, and they had to bring a um, feather of a bald eagle and a talking frog to the top of Mount Rushmore, and then destroy the president's faces. Yeah, look, <laughs> we were really doing anything we could to inject some new life into this bloated carcass. Um. We tried the what's it called CPR? What's it when you when when someone's like when you put your mouth against theirs and you blow? Yeah, what's that called? CPR is like the whole thing, isn't it? That yeah, like that mouth to mouth. Yeah, <laughs> makes we were, sense. We were putting mouth to mouth on this movie. Yeah, what was your shining light, Tim? Uh oh, good question. That's me. Mm. Ask Ashley. That's me. Do you ever watch the Amanda Bynes show? Yes. It was she, a real was a forerunner. Well, I think for like, we may have mentioned it um, ages ago in season one and just how fucking good it was. I know. Because she went, she went quite nutty, which was a tragedy because she was a phenomenal co comic talent from such an early age. Yeah. Those dancing lobsters, you joking me, mate? That was bloody, that hurt the mark. Yeah, and it was like, there were lots of just non-sequitur lines in her opening monologue where she'd say, I've got to go, I've got bacon in my shoe or yeah. something like that. I mean, she had that delightful, like slightly southern, it, mm. like she was from Arkansas or something. How do you spell great. Arkansas? Oh, mate, I couldn't even begin to spell Arkansas. Have a whack at it. Nah, I will embarrass myself. Do it. Do you know how to spell it? Absolutely. Okay. Arkansas. A R K E. Yeah, do that. So, what is it, really? Try again. Oh. A-R-K? I? Mm. 
Is it an O? <clears throat> is it a vowel? Ding. A. A-R-K-A. N-S-A-S. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, it's not that long or hard. Well, you wouldn't have got the S's. No, I definitely wouldn't have. You would have been you've been looking for a marauding W. Wouldn't no, you? I wouldn't because I know it's French. You would have uplifted the W from the former president himself, George W. Bush, and planted it at the back end of Arkansas. I in guess. your topsy-turvy, mixed-up, ignoramus world in which Arkansas is spelt with a W. I guess my shining light is um, Miranda's husband, whose name I still haven't quite captured. He talks like he's walked off the set of Goodwill Hunting. He does a bit. Um, when he says to him, Miranda, just quit your job. Quit your job. Quit your job. Quit your job. It's, Come not, wor- it's not worth it. Come out out around the house. It's not worth it. Go and uh, find something that you love. Find a job where they'll appreciate you. That's I need I to do my job. I'm a lo- I'm a high powered lawyer. Do you want to hear my fan fiction? I wanted you to do a role play with me. Why well, I've abandoned it. I'm sorry. Can you? Okay, I'll listen to your silly little short story you've written. Okay. If you qualify the context for for everyone around us. Uh, what do you mean? Like why I wrote it? Yeah. Um, fan fiction comedy is a collective of of. Friends of ours, comedians in New Zealand, who write um, stories based on shit that already exists, like Harry Potter or Star yeah. Wars and stuff. They use the characters in the universe and then, and then make a story up. And they got me to do one because they're doing shows here in Melbourne, and they got me to do one yesterday. And so I decided to do a mashup of Grown Ups Two and Sex in the City. Okay, here it is. I'll allow it. Unconventional, but I'll allow it. I'm like the um, referee from Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, Joseph's back with coffees. I'll allow it. And treats. Oh, Joseph Moore, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Tim, start reading. Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Kevin James, and David Spade sat limp but upright, their unconscious bodies tied to steel chairs in a dimly lit and dusty basement. They had been ball gagged in a fashion reminiscent of that scene from Pulp Fiction, but not enough like Pulp Fiction that it counts as part of this movie universe. The four men babies, after hours of groggy, medicated sleep, began to come too. Sandler, in his trademark basketball shorts and oversized t-shirt, immediately defaulted to his natural state and started making terrible zingers in his head that would be appreciated by a mass market audience while specifically catering to the male 16 to 30 demographic. Oh man, I thought I was in the dumps before, but now I'm really low. I'm in a freaking basement. Excellent Adam Sandler joke, Tim. Thank you. Kevin James started to come too and filled the void of silence in his own head by making a fat joke at his own expense. <laughs> You've got Kevin James down pat. This is a psychological affliction the man has been burdened with after appearing in so many TV shows and movies as the butt of every fat joke. I can't do Kevin James's voice. <laughs> I've been kidnapped. Well, this will be a good way to lose a couple pounds. Easier than diet and exercise, that's for sure. Nice. I won't allow that. David Spade's strange, wispy, blonde hair shifted slightly as he tilted his head up moving like straw on a farm, being caught by a gentle breeze. Despite his hazy state, Spade reverted to his on-screen persona of pervert immediately inside his own head. Do you want to do Spade? Oh, you're chewing. I'll just do it. Sex dungeon? Check. Ball gag? Check. But where's all the ladies? This is a total sausage fest down here. Chris Rock was waking too and looked around at Sandler, Kevin You're James. really familiar with these characters. And David Spade and wondered what in the world happened to his career. The four men looked around <laughs> each other and grunted noises that indicated, you okay? And yeah, I'm okay. Which sounded surprisingly similar to how they normally talked when they weren't ball gagged. 
because they all had very lazy enunciation. I will not stand for you talking about Chris Rock having lazy enunciation. He's Just a very clear communicator, fantastic speaker. Only since he got work done on his teeth. No, even before then. I've seen footage of him at Just for Laughs in Montreal in the late 80s, maybe early 90s. Yeah, clear as a whistle? Clear as a whistle. Unbeknownst to the men, just meters... Singular comic force. Meters above them sat Carrie Bradshaw, Samantha Jones, Miranda Redhead, and Charlotte Weinstein. Brackets. Charlotte converted to Judaism after marriage and wines a lot, hence the anti-Semitic portmanteau. The Sex and the City gals were lunching at an upmarket New York tea room, uh, which paid tribute to sexual fetishes. The eatery was named Gloria's House of Tea and Buggery and operated a roaring trade on the Upper East Side. It was Gloria who had lured the cast of Grown Ups 2 into a basement under the premise of a new movie deal for Sandler, a new HBO special for Chris Rock, a new Hooters waitress for David Spade, and donuts for Kevin James. Whoa! Miranda Redhead sipped from her bone china cup, made from the bones of real actual Chinese people, such as the cultural imperialism <laughs> of sex in the city. I need to pee, Miranda announced to the group. She searched the room for a sign indicating where the ladies was, only to find whips, chains, and a Mongolian dildo fashioned from the tusk of a mammoth. <laughs> Miranda's beady little eyes settled on the stairs in the far corner. Must be down here. She struggled down the stairs because her horribly impractical Louis Vuitton skirt. She opened a very heavy, large iron door that she thought might lead to the shitter. Upon opening it, she spied four fully grown men, bound and gagged and screaming, and she, uh, bound and gagged, and she screamed rushing back up the stairs. There's four men down there, tied to chairs, Miranda shrieked to her fellow harpies. That sounds like my kind of party. You gotta, you gotta give that more Samantha. You gotta give that line more Samantha. That sounds like my kind of party. No, you, you, you gotta be sassier with it. That sounds like my kind of party. That is how she would say it. Samantha replied, sexually charged and perfectly sassy as ever. No, you don't understand. They're wearing basketball shorts and oversized t-shirts, and one of them is fat. Really hammering that Kevin James angle. Fashion writer Carrie Bradshaw looked incensed. Not in my neighborhood. Not on my watch. She plucked a diamond-encrusted blackberry from her clutch and brought up the number listed under Fashion Police. Quick as a flash, Callie Osborne, Joan Rivers' daughter Melissa, and the ghost of Joan Rivers herself arrived at Gloria's house of tea and buggery to investigate. Gloria headed them off at the pass and tried to stall, but the ghost of Joan Rivers, who was no longer shackled to the rules of corporal form, quietly lowered herself through the floorboards. As Melissa and Callie argued with Gloria about the need for search warrants in the case of a fashion emergency, the ghost of Joan Rivers seized her opportunity to roast the four former Saturday Night Live stars in the twilights of their career. Hey, it's nice to be here. You know, I thought I was dead till I saw what happened to your career, Sandler. Jeez. Kevin James giggled through his ball gag. Oh, and you, Mr. King of Krispy Kremes. Don't get me started on you. What the hell was that mall cop crap? I haven't seen a movie suck that much since Paris Hilton's sex tape. David Spade tried to look away, but Joan's ghostly gaze met his. Ah, and if it isn't Joe Dirt himself. You've got the hair of Hulk Hogan and the body of... What was that little guy's name from Game of Thrones? Joan Rivers' comic timing had taken a hit during her transition to the spirit world. It was at this moment that the large door burst open. It was Gloria who successfully argued that the fashion police needed a fashion warrant to be on the premises. Joan Rivers left because although she was a comedian and a ghost, she was a law-abiding citizen first. You lot are attracting too much attention, Gloria announced to the men, so I'll cut you a deal. I'll free you all if you agree to give me startup money for a new business venture. It's a chain of terrible coffee shops that will only serve you if you're wearing denim pants. The men all nodded in agreement and came through with the money. <laughs> they actually went on to become even more rich because of the forced investment. 
Joan Rivers soon ascended into heaven to roasted celebs. The Sex and the City gals continued to drink and harp on about nothing in New York City locations until global warming wiped out their Manhattan homes. And although Gloria's business eventually dropped the denim requirement, the terrible chain of coffee houses still exists today, and throughout Australia, 460 Gloria jeans employ at least 460 terrible baristas. Beautiful, Tim. Uh, a story as old as time. Yeah. And uh, certainly one that the fans have been crying out for, I imagine, for, for quite a while now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you did a fantastic job. I really enjoyed you, uh, your Joan Rivers zingers. Thank was you. Was that fun writing slams it for was. the stars of Grown Ups 2? It was. I thought you could have given your Joan Rivers impression a bit more Joan. Yeah, that's fair. I'm so bad at voices, you know. You're not bad at voices. I'm really You're bad. You're really good at voices. I, You've got my, a lovely voice. I like your positivity. I like my voice too, but I cannot mimic other voices. I can't do impressions. Not with that attitude. <laughs> with a bit of elbow grease and a bloody esophagus transplant, mate, you'll be impressing people left, right and centre, the globe over. We also thought of another game during the movie today just for the sake of not watching the movie or watching the movie but finding a way to make it more palatable, which was pretty much 10 things that this movie could use. Dragons. Kevin Spacey. Banks. Clouds. Uranus. A mink coat. Teleportation. A bag of weed. That goes beyond the movie. <laughs> that goes specifically for the hotel room. Are you counting how many would... That no, seems like it's, six. It's so unimportant. A gallon of a non-Newtonian fluid like pudding. Um, a home intruder. Home intruder, home intruder. Help us, home intruder. Home intruder, home intruder. Home intruder, home intruder. Oh, home intruder. A weapon made of... Condensed ultraviolet light beams. Yeah, and how do you see that being injected into the film? Samantha stumbles upon it and yep. then wields it. She goes crazy with power. Towards the men of the Middle East. Yeah. So she, and does she, I mean, is she holding people hostage and fucking them with this weapon? She's or is just she just killing them. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason. No. And there's no like forethought or plan. She's just killing people with this ray gun. Okay, Tim, if you had to spend yeah. your life on the desert island with one of the girls from the movie, like, not not with the entirety of their characterization from the show on board, but purely the characterization shown to you through Sex and the City 2. Oh, yeah. Who are you spending time with? If it was a desert island, and this is a big call, uh, I'd probably say Miranda. Because although she's my least favorite in the movie, she's definitely the most pragmatic. Mm. So, there. I don't. I mean, I don't imagine she any would of them do the be... bit. She would keep a level head. You know what I mean? She would. She would keep her wits about her. And I. Ju I just think the others would lose their head. Carrie, I think, would do a pretty good job of keeping calm, but she'd just be fucking useless. She wouldn't have anything to offer the situation. But that's fine. I mean, you. You. You're, there's a pretty high chance you're not going to get off this desert island. You're looking for companionship. No, the way I'm, that you speak about Miranda during the movie tells me that it's going to be a long lifetime on the I'm island. I'm not necessarily looking for companionship. I'm looking for and someone who's going to help. You're looking for an exit strategy. Yes. We need to get off the island. How practical are you on a desert island? Uh, I'd say very practical. You are one of the least practical people I know. Are you joking me? You wear me? a watch with a calculator on it. Yeah? Absolutely. If I've got to like, work out math on the island... What what kind of math problem will you need to work out on the island? I don't island? know, building shelters. I've got to do some trigonometry to figure out the most 
uh, rigid structure I can build. I'm probably going to do gonna some use, calculations. You're going to do trigonometry on your basic level calculator. I'm just saying it's but, probably what, got uses. I'm just You haven't listed one yet. It's got a stopwatch on it. Yep. I mean, I don't know why you need to keep time during eternity. Well, maybe I need to like learn how uh, certain patterns happen, like fish swimming from A to B, so that I can comprise some sort of some patterns, you know, make a trap for them. Okay, I don't have a strong... I'm not on the island right now. If I was on the island, I would show you exactly what the watch would could, be doing. Could do. I mean, the main use for it would be to reflect light in case there was a passing ship. I could think of or, or far plane. better reflectors than this tiny panel. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is and, and, and with that regard, I mean, the watch is wholly impractical because it's mostly consumed by a calculator with buttons so small you would need to have toothpicks for fingers to Are use it. Are you joking me? I can nimbly operate this thing. Okay. Nimbly. Do you want to give me a calculation right now, you son of a bitch? I would love for that to happen. 67.9. Look, this is going to take too long. We're already running out of time as it is. Oh, oh yeah. So what do you want? What's the quack? 67.3. Times a hundred and nine point four two. Hundred and nine point what? Four two. Seven hundred and thirty. Oh no, seven thousand three hundred sixty-three. Quite hard to see with those little numbers. Nine six six. It's quite hard to get it right the Just first time with those point. tiny little numbers. Oh, are you a bit upset that I got it, mate? That I was oh, able to operate the, the watch? The, of course, the calculator works. Look at these fingers. They look like toothpicks to you. Yes. They're, you're Fuck a t- you! You're a tiny little man with tiny little toothpicks. No, and these are normal. These are human hands. You mate. have the most frail fingers. These are human fingers. You these look are... like you haven't even heard of the concept of calcium. These are surgeons' hands. I'll have you know. You... I could have been a concert pianist with these. You can't shake people's hands because you're afraid your fingers will turn into dust. You've got a worse handshake than I do. I have the firmest handshake this side of the Yarra. You go too hard out. You're overcompensating because you've got terrible technique. I have great hands and I've got a wonderful handshake. And a lovely smile. You have a winning smile, but you have dust for fingers. And that's that's and th- that's all I'll hear on it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, it's time for us to venture into... What's, What's he, he doing? doing? Where's, Where's he, he off to? Jesus Christ. One, <laughs> one, of, these, one of these days. We'll nail it. One week. Um, uh, so, of course, our favorite featured extra in the film. And what I have enjoyed so far in the six viewings is that this is not going to change. It's not at risk of changing. He's a fascinating dude with a fascinating <laughs> life. Yeah. Because it's so brief. Yeah. It's like... Um, I, I had one for this immediately as well. Okay. Well, you front foot Sorry, do one. you want to... No, no, no. I was going to say it. that he's just... Uh, it's a very pleasant bit of respite from the plotting plot of the film. Is is uh, is speculating as to exactly what the motivation for this character is. And to refresh your memory, he's just a guy who... Because Pounding. of the way they've edited the film, looks like he is drinking so much coffee in such a short amount of time, and then leaves the cafe. So hit me with the chips, Batman. He's ju- he's left the oven on. It's just that simple. Sometimes you've got to apply Occam's razor to the situation. What's the most likely explanation? He's left the fucking oven on in a New York okay. City apartment. I the entire you, complex could have burnt down by now. Why is he then so insistent on finishing the coffee? Because he's got a meeting. They're two different. There's, there's two things happening. So where's he going? He's going home. Is he going to miss the meeting? He's going to miss the meeting. Well, guy. but then what, why bother finishing the cafe if he's going to miss the meeting? Well, I mean, if, well. if he's so worried, he's left the oven on. No, no, no. 
So the reason why he's drinking the coffee is because he's he's got to get to the meeting and he's just trying to like get himself in a you know when you've got to present and you've just got to put yourself in a good zone. Yeah. So he's aware that he's probably running out of time, but he has prioritized getting in a good mental state. He's willing to swap two minutes of tardiness for mental clarity and a caffeinated performance. He's he's got to be zipping along. But here's the kicker. On his last sip of the cup, he realizes, holy sweet Jesus, I left the oven on. And so the real the real thing he's going leaving to do ultimately so is... So that's, that's where the urgency comes from. He's mm. got a lackadaisical approach to, to tardiness and being on time well, for his big meeting, his big pitch. I wouldn't be What's this. he pitching? He's going to a sales meeting. Yeah? Yeah. Is he, I mean, is it, has he got a, is it with a pre-existing relationship with the client or is he pitching for no, them no, to no, take it's on his product? It's internal. It's internal. He's a sales manager. He's teaching the people under him. And is, it, is he having a good quarter? Is the year going well? It's flat. Which, you know, it's neither good nor bad. It's just flat, which is not good. No. And, I mean, is he, is he sort of suggesting ways in which they might increase their sales and increase revenue? He's just ensuring that the six people that work under him are, like, doing everything they can. So he's a good guy. He is a good guy. And he probably also found the conversation happening at the table next door absolutely goddamn insufferable and hightailed out of there as soon as he fucking could. Yeah, absolutely. He sees those women in there all the time because... He works nearby, obviously. It's why he's in there. And he always, he's always running into them, and he's like, there I am bloody busting my hump, you know, as yeah. a sales manager at this office I mean, stationary it's just, supply it's a, it's store. It's a boutique firm, which is a euphemism for it's, it's flagging. They haven't really found their feet yet in the very competitive market that is Manhattan. Yeah. But it's not an easy thing to do, especially with office stationery. Because there's a lot of big dogs out there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how do you compete against something like Bic? I look at the company You've got to find Bic. your niche. I think Bic has got to be the most brilliant, financially stable and successful company in the history of the world. Are you what joking are they, me, What do they specialize in? Um, knock, hey. Pens. Can I? Listen to me. Yeah. Pens and lighters. Knock, knock. What are the two things? Knock, knock. Okay, why don't you hit me with some facts, bro, while I'm trying to have a fun time speculating about how brilliant the business model at Bic is. What are the two things that you always buy and never finish? Yeah, well, for me, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know this. All right, and on that, shop it up and do pop out. No. <laughs> We're going to call it for another week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm just saying, if you think that a business that makes pens is like impervious to attack, knock, knock, who's there? Computers. Oh, computers who? Computers are replacing pens. It's not a very funny joke, Tim. No, it's not, but I'm just trying to prove a point. Also, quickly, while we've still got your ears, uh, I don't think we've emphasized it enough through the first... Because we were still get, building a relationship and getting to know the movie through the first five episodes of the podcast. For the love of God, do not watch Sex and City Oh, two. yeah. I know we said a lot for grown-ups too, and it, it, it really bears repeating for this I, I mean, in no uncertain terms. I didn't have a firm opinion on it yet, but what this movie is doing to us through repeated exposure is is akin to radiation poisoning. Um, Can I just take this opportunity while we're still on the mic to apologize for everything I've said to you in the last half hour? I don't mean any of the main shit. To me? Yeah. No, it's actually fine. Is it? Yeah, we're okay. friends, Tim. Okay, cool. We were hugging, yeah, shirtless, just yeah. holding each other for about five minutes of the movie today. It's fucking weird. We watched the whole movie under a shared duna. We're reaching, duvet, depending you, on you've what been country, for too long. <laughs> we're reaching new levels here. Uh, also, as always, at the end of the podcast, for as long as the Melbourne Comedy Festival runs, if you're in Melbourne or you know anyone in Melbourne, please send them along to my show. It's called Roseman of Phone. Go and go, we're friends. Uh, we're both doing half an hour of stand up, and we're very good at it. 
Yeah, they are. They won awards. They won the best award in New Zealand you can get. Both right. of them on different years. I beat Tim to it. Yeah, he did. He did. We were both up for it. Monty bloody put me at the post. That's neither here nor so. there. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to wrestle now. Shirtless. Live every moment. Wrestle every day. Worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time.